Jesus restores a demon-possessed man. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and, could, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he, had, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills he would cry out and would cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go in them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down to the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in Disciples how much Jesus had done for them, and all the people were amazed. Well, it's a real privilege to have uh, Sergei with us uh, this morning. Sergei is, is the uh, executive director of an organization called Beginning of Life, which was a national organization created in the year 2000 to reach and serve some of the most vulnerable people in Moldova. And I'm sure we'll hear a little of that in a few moments' time. He's also a board member at the Institute for Rural Initiatives in Moldova. He's involved in Youth for Christ Moldova and the Peace and Reconciliation Network Moldova within the World Evangelical Alliance. So he's a busy man, so we're very fortunate to have him with us. He's been speaking at the uh, Transform Europe Network conference yesterday over in Stoke Gifford, and uh, is preaching elsewhere tonight. So uh, the 10 team are making the most of his uh, experience and his massive heart and vision for God's work across Europe. So do join us, uh, Sergei, it'd be good to pray for you, and we look forward to hearing what you're about to share with us. Thank you, Lord God, for uh, calling Sergei to your work in Moldova. Thank you that out of his life experience, he's able to serve you with a heart of great compassion. And I pray, Lord God, that, that something of that heart might come across now. Help us to hear your voice through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. Peace be with you. Good morning. It's a real pleasure to be here and to see the paradox of this uh, amazing church. From outside, it's called, oh, it's old-fashioned, quite old. Yeah, I'm actually possessed by the old things and yeah, love to touch yeah, history. But actually, when I entered here, all the brightness, yeah, 
church full of life, of families, that is amazing. And that's why, yeah, probably I'm here. You are interested so much in Moldova and I appreciate and thank you very much for being involved for these years. Yeah, in work that Misha and Ina are doing yeah, on the south. We are, yeah, we went through a different yeah, challenges in our country. And we can be together. Yesterday uh, at the conference, I shared that actually we, we are part of the big, huge, amazing work that God is doing in the world. And I said that God could do this mission, this great mission, much, much better without us. But, but he decided to invite us as people, very sinful, the most inappropriate people, into his mission to do what he planned to do, to change the world as he intended that to be. Yeah, so, as Pastor said, I'm, my name is Sergei, I, I'm married, happy father uh, of uh, three children, uh, yeah, husband of one wife, I don't know if they are happy so much, uh, <laughs> but I am happy. Yeah, so and that is really a real pleasure to share what God is doing in our country, yeah, in Moldova. So as you know, we, yeah, you probably know a lot about Moldova, and I will share just bits. And so, but uh, I want to come back to this passage that was read from Gospel of Mark. Can you move? So I will be like... <laughs> Usually my, my kids are coming to yeah, the old yeah, computer and touch the screen, just... Why it's not working? <laughs> yeah, so uh, can you turn the... Um, the PowerPoint, yeah, this uh, presentation. Just move on. Yeah, so uh, this story is, yeah, yeah, quite well known to you about Jesus and possessed man, yeah, possessed by yeah, legion or crowd of uh, demons, quite a lot. Who know, yeah, the the history of Roman legions. It was quite a bit, yeah big bunch of uh, people in, in this army. And so these would people of the yeah, citizens of this territory of Garizin have said, guys, we have done everything what was possible for this man. So we, we did everything, and now we cannot help him. We do all what could be done. Can you move on? Yeah, so this, this text is, uh, yeah, this story is amazing. I, I'm really passionate about that. Because actually, the mission is absolutely inefficient in this way. Yeah, so we can say that mission is impossible. So people said, we tried all the, all the things. We were tidying this man, we were really binding him with the iron, with the, yeah, different ties, and it didn't work. He's so strong, he's a yeah, strange man, and he's naked, living in, a, in a really tombs. It's uh, the most inappropriate place to live. And everyone, yeah, in other passage we can read, people of these territories were 
very scared to go through that because it was very dangerous. So this man was possessed by the evil powers. He was ruined and he was ruining itself. So the mission to, to set this man free was impossible. And also we can name this text as a, the most inefficient mission in Jesus' life. To spend Lord's very short, very important, yeah, very full of people, time of our Lord on this earth. Just for one man? Most inefficient. We used to, to calculate things. Oh, to spend time with the 5,000 people and spend your time for one man who probably was uh, really, that was the consequence of his lifestyle. It was the consequence of his decisions. Wicked decisions, probably. The impure spirit. You remember this uh, yeah, sermon yeah, and proverb from uh, Jesus that one man had a spirit in impure spirit in himself, and he just thrown him out, cleaning his house, everything is free and clean. And then the demon went out and thought, oh, I'm homeless, let's come back and take seven more powerful spirits with me. So you can imagine how much this man was sinning, really committing so much seen in his life, wicked decisions, that he was possessed by this crowd of demons. And we see in, the, in this text that actually all these evil powers in him were ruining him physically, emotionally, psychologically, everything, spiritually. He was absolutely a ruined person. He was damaged in, in his spirit. And he was absolutely slave under the power of evil. So evil was doing all he wanted. The evil spirit was really throwing him on, on the stones, yeah, damaging his body. The only thing probably spirits couldn't do, take his life. And we see the normal mission of demons when they entered into the pigs. One minute and all the pigs are dead. If God wouldn't really, would allow these spirits to kill this man, they would do that quite easily. But spirits wanted to remain in this country, in this city, because it was a very comfortable place to live. In our work in, yeah, in Moldova, we see that so many times, especially often yeah, we have been working and had rehabilitation center for victims of sexual exploitation and human trafficking. We have seen how women can be ruined, damaged and humiliated by the evil powers. We have seen how women really are deprived totally by their dignity and the evil spirits, Satan is doing all possible to 
take the dignity of ours, from us, to humiliate the image of God. It's not about us, it's about them, between them. Old war between evil and good, between God and his opponent, Satan. And we have seen how evil damages personal yeah, image of God in, in us. What we, can you move? Can you move the, the slide? It's not working, okay. Yeah, so, and uh, we, uh, we have a lot of things. Yeah, so you probably know that uh, within the last 25 years, Moldova lost over a third of its population. So we had 4.5 million people. Now we remain with 2.6. And it, the migration, labor migration continues. What happened, yeah, Moldova lost, yeah, this middle-aged population. So remained in the country, grandmothers and grandfathers, old people and children. Young people are just waiting their bus. We, we call this bus mentality. They're waiting their bus to leave the country. And this really doesn't give any hope but it's just statistics, yeah, millions. When you speak about one person, it's, yeah, tragedy. Yeah, drama of one possessed man. But when you speak about millions, it's statistics. But behind all the numbers, there are living creatures, personalities with their stories, people with their stories. What we have, can you move slide? Yeah, yeah, yesterday I, I showed this picture and and found the proper phrase that really describes the situation in Moldova, demographical winter. This picture really shows, represents, yeah, symbolically what is happening in our country. Yeah, we, we feel that in another 20, 30 years, it can be no more Moldova on the map of Europe. Because people, yeah, old people are dying, Young people are living, and no one really wants to come back. And on this picture, you see grandma who is taking care and going with her grandchild. That is what we see, the last defense line. The old people who has an enormous yeah, role. And you as grandmothers and grandfathers probably have yeah, feel this how important it is for children to be. Especially in Moldova, when children remain on their own, left behind, it's so easy to exploit them. And we are often speak about exploitation of vulnerability. Can you move on? Yeah, so uh, there is, yeah, I, before I will tell you the story of Anna, there was all, always needed and we tried in our ministry, in our yeah, evangelical churches, try to be in the midst, sometimes in the most darkest places of the country, to serve yeah, these children, to serve those who cannot protect themselves. And many, uh, many can say that, oh, it's, it's prob your problem, problem that you are yeah, not working well, you are not making good decisions. But unfortunately, many of these decisions were made not by 
our nation, not by Moldovans, by others. We were just were kicked from one country within the centuries, between one country's one big empire to another as a bowl. Or we can, yeah, wait, I'm using the metaphor of a just simple yeah, lady who was brought from one hand to another, from one man to another. And, yeah, I would like to share with you the, the story of Anna and her child. When we met them, I was very surprised. This lady didn't have... Oh, I need to... Oh, that's the big one. This lady was not able to read and write, just count. What's very unusual. In post-Soviet countries, 90% of the population was, yeah, quite literate. It was forced. They were forced to go to school. But she wasn't. And she was absolutely damaged person. So with reading this text from the mark, we see how evil works sometimes through the family context. Because when we met her and started to help her, we realized she was exploited by her own husband. So her husband didn't want to really to continue his hard work because it was quite uh, not much sense in it. And because of that, he decided, oh, I can share yeah, my wife with my neighbor. Yeah, we have this. And in, in Orthodox context, it can be yeah, tricky. I have a, a special command from God to share. And he started to share with neighbors in the village, then outside, his wife. Despite he had children, it was yeah, his loved one. So she was exploited actually for 10 years by her own husband. And when she came, she was absolutely ruined, deprived of the dignity. She couldn't understand why we trying to help her. And we spent over two years to br bring her back into the image that God really intended for her to have. What happened, yeah, with the time, so it was taking so much time to, yeah, restore, to heal her. We were using art, we were using lots of instruments, for lot of prayer to restore it. Her dignity, her soul, her emotions. And now she, she's living in her own house with her, uh, with her son. And she can read, yeah, she can count. She is working, yeah, it's very low paid job, but still she really, she feels that she has yeah, a role in this yeah, community because she is doing a good job. She's taking care of children in kindergarten. This is what happens when the church is doing sometimes very inefficient way. Spend her time, spend money, spend 
resources, energy, to go and to serve one person. Because there is a difference in this person's life. And thank you very much for really being in the same mission. Very inefficient from the human or society view, but very special and possible from the Lord's side. So thank you very much and God be praised. Amen.